Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of July 14th, 2020. We are halfway through July, and this is officially episode number 443, and this is your host, as always, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at paranormalking.com. Well, uh, I was putting together... Uh, usually one of the reasons why I do this show live on Tuesdays is to kind of give the, uh, the weekend a little bit of time to develop some of these stories. So Monday night is usually a really good night where I'm, uh, putting the, the finishing touches on the show and I'd rather not jump into a show live on Monday. I've done a show live on Monday nights years ago and, uh, I prefer Tuesdays cause it gives me that whole extra day coming out of the weekend and, uh, Boy, I'm glad I waited uh, because uh, a major, major story just erupted literally two hours ago. Um, it's it's a big deal, and this is going to shake things up uh, quite a bit, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. I, I can't can't spill it now, but it's uh, making the rounds right now. I really kind of want to rush and talk about it because it's starting to uh, permeate the internet, uh, the social media world as we speak right now, but uh, got a lot of facts and information that we'll be talking about about this story. Uh, still developing, but uh, a big bombshell, probably the biggest story in the paranormal this year, especially in this particular field. And uh, well, I'll tell you, it's in the UFO field. Big UFO story, late breaking story. So, yeah, kind of glad I do wait. And I was looking for one little story, just one little story. And now this thing is going to be a pretty big deal. I've been pretty lucky the last uh, few months. I've actually had a few breaking stories on Tuesdays. But again, things come out of the weekend. A lot of times it takes a day or so uh, to soak in, especially paranormal stuff that's pushed to the side. So tonight we'll talk about some alligators. We'll talk about uh, a new monster, another monster. In China, we had one last week. Now I got another one. What's going on? Scotland, well, they got a new cryptid. And we'll talk about uh, crop circles in France. And uh, probably one of the most strangest stories I think I've uh, talked about in quite some time. Uh, one of the weirdest mashups of TV shows that I, I think I've ever seen. Uh, we'll talk about that story tonight. Hopefully I'll have time for also a book of the week. Yeah, um, somebody threw it out there in the chat room. Zach Bagans. Yeah, we'll be talking about Mr. Hairdo in a tight t-shirt himself tonight on the show. Uh, hopefully I have time to throw the book of the week at you as well. It's a good one. Uh, didn't really, wasn't able to really tie it to anything, but... Uh, there's a book I was thinking about because I can't find it. Can't find it. That and a lot of other books that I can't find recently because of my move. I don't know what's going on. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about all of that. So, you know, we're, we're just going to jump in. You know, I'm not, I don't care about 
conferences and conventions this week. We got a lot of good news, big news tonight. We're just going to jump in. Um, but yeah, if you want to find out information about conferences, conventions, just go to the website, paranewsinsider.com. Click on the events tab at the top. I've done what I can do in this disastrous of a year of 2020, just horrible uh, cancellations of events, events pushed to 2021. It's a mess. And I've done the best I can on that site to to keep things up to date. But uh, I highly recommend you, if you're going to go to an event, you already bought tickets, uh, go on Facebook and uh, find uh, find these events on Facebook. Social media is the way to go with these things. So uh, things are changing by the minute uh, still to this day. And things are uh, – we're going backwards uh, with this uh, whole COVID-19 thing. So – uh, here in the state of Ohio, we've been opening up everything slowly, bit by bit. But now, uh, the county I live in, uh, it's mandatory masks. So, yeah, we're going backwards. Not wearing one now, but don't worry. I won't I won't breathe on you. You're okay. Uh, so, yeah, let's jump into some cryptid news this week. And we're going to uh, talk about alligators. I know last year... <sighs> I don't know what happened. I just I must have found a couple of stories and I really, really just kind of thought, you know, this is something that nobody really talks about all that much. Uh, so I started talking about these alligator sightings in the northeastern United States. It's something that's been going on for quite a while. Uh, not something I really talked about um, too much here on the show because I, I didn't really feel like it was truly cryptozoological. You know, these animals were obviously abandoned by people thrown into a pond or a lake or a river or just let loose um, out of an aquarium or some sort of enclosure. So it's t- technically not a cryptid, but it's it's strange how sometimes these sightings, these creatures just pop up out of nowhere. Uh, so sometimes in some uh, researchers or investigators' definition, uh, the outer place animal is a cryptid. Uh, but it's not it's not an agree agree uponable kind of concept. Uh, a lot of cryptozoologists don't believe in that whole um, that type of thing. But uh, I just think it's interesting because you never know what it could lead to down the road, uh, be it uh, an attack or uh, maybe a group of alligators being able to to live on their own. And we've you know last year we talked about. Alligators are slowly moving north, and it could be a, a matter of time until we actually see them uh, moving along on their own uh, in the Ohio River or you know, even further north for that matter. But, uh, but again, it's not like alligators are migrating that far north. Uh, we, we had a lot of stories last year, uh, Pittsburgh and um, – Detroit and, and different places. And Chicago, well, Chicago won it all. They had the biggest story in the alligator arena last year. Um, and, of course, that story went down as uh, being about Chance the Snapper. That's what they named him. There was a, a local paper that uh, put together a contest some really ridiculous names. I remember uh, kind of the, the the countdown of names and uh, Chance the Snapper, which I thought was ridiculous, but it's far better than 
the entire list of other ones that they they had to uh, choose from. So it's been about a year. It's uh, just a couple of days shy of of the one-year anniversary of Chance the Snapper. There's a lot of articles coming out out of Chicago about the one-year anniversary of Chance the Snapper being captured in Humboldt Park after capturing the hearts of those in the Windy City and beyond. It was a pretty big story as a national story. Uh, Chance was rescued by Frank Robb, who uh, pretty much came in and replaced uh, Alligator Bob, who was a a pretty famous guy, too. Uh, At the time, he'd he'd made a lot of rescues all throughout the Northeast. But uh, here comes Frank Robb from Florida, who ended up becoming a bigger celebrity than the Alligator, pretty much. Uh, He got to throw out the first pitch at the Cubs game at the end of the week. Uh, He was honored uh, with awards with the city brought back in the fall. Uh, just, uh, he's, he's a celebrity key to the city, the whole nine yards. Um, she, I mean, chance made out too. chance got a bobblehead. Uh, he's still got his own Wikipedia page, which I'm really jealous of. Uh, two beers were named after him and, uh, some other things out of, including a children's book, which I have on my shelf amongst my 300 plus books. um, Children's book written by Frank Robb, not to mention a new home in Florida at the St. Augustine Alligator Farm Zoological Park. So happy birthday to Chance the Snapper. And what I've heard is that he's grown about a half a foot, six inches. Doesn't sound like much. Sounds like when I was in junior high school. Um, But uh, that's pretty good for an alligator. He's starting to get uh, big, and I hear that they had to move him uh, away from the other alligators, he was becoming uh, a little bit aggressive. He was a little shy to begin with when they put him in there, but he he's he's the uh, he's the alpha male, pretty much at the alligator park. So they had to kind of separate him a little bit and uh, calm him down. But Chance is uh, alive and well and, and kicking down there in St. Augustine. Uh, so sadly, uh, you know. Looking at these alligator stories, I started kind of getting captivated by it. And then it's, um, you know, sadly, the more I look at these sightings and these stories, it seems like the more that I uncover that they're happening. Uh, I, I've missed a lot. I didn't realize that how many sightings are, are documented every year in the northeast of the United States. Uh, last year, we had a five-foot-long crocodile. I remember uh, the story, talk about the story a few times. Uh, It was a scene in a river in Ohio where children were playing, and luckily somebody saw it and warned everybody, got everybody out of the water. And sadly, that crocodile uh, had to be put down. Uh, A number of alligators were discovered, like I mentioned, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania last year. I think there was like five. And we had sightings of alligators all the way up until Halloween. Uh, I think that one was... uh, I think it was in Wisconsin or Minnesota, somewhere way up there. And it was snowing, and this poor alligator uh, basically was dead. It was just dumped into an alley. Uh, well, this year has been fairly quiet. We've had a few stories on the escaped or pretty much released exotic animal front. Uh, but in Clinton Township, in the northern part of Detroit, Michigan, there's a, uh, a caiman on the loose. The, the story is saying it's an alligator, but if you look at the picture... That's definitely a caiman, which is a different uh, creature. It's related to alligators, but it's not not an alligator. 
Uh, Georgie, who is described as an alligator, again in the story, is really a caiman, that had escaped from his owner about a week ago. The 20-year-old owner bought the caiman online, and somehow it managed to escape. Well, don't worry. Georgie isn't that big. It's only about a foot long, so he's not really very dangerous. But authorities are telling people if they do see it, do not approach or attempt to catch it, as it could inflict some harm. Authorities so far do not have plans to cha- uh, charge the owner, so kind of getting away with it, which I don't. I'm not happy about. Uh, but once captured, Georgie will be sent to a sanctuary. And that is if it can survive the mean streets of Detroit on its own. And I really think they need to go after these people that are dumping these dangerous creatures. Uh, you know, it's only a matter of time till somebody somewhere is going to get attacked by one of these things. Uh, you know, uh, alligator pretty much three feet or uh, shorter really probably is not going to kill anybody. Uh, an adult, at least. Um, but, you know, you're when you're getting over three foot, you're starting to get into that danger zone of children, definitely pets. And if, you know, again, this is why I, I cover these stories. People don't expect to see an alligator here in the Northeast. So they might be on in a pond, they might be out kayaking, and then all of a sudden, there's an alligator. Even a three-foot one can scare somebody. What if you're swimming? And this thing comes up behind you, takes a chunk out of your your head or your hair or, or your throat or something, you know. So it's only a matter of time till somebody gets hurt uh, or, or potentially killed by one of these things. So I, I do think that they need to uh, step these things up. Most of the time, well, pretty much all the time, I talk about these stories in the Northeast. Uh, every city or state or county says that they're illegal to own, but these people are getting them and they have them. So, you know, and, and I've done research on alligators and caiman and, and different large reptiles, and they pretty much tell you, just be sure to check your state regulations, but we're going to go ahead and sell it to you anyway, which is crazy. You know, it's all about money, and uh, it's, it's sad because, unfortunately, these things grow too big, and the, the owner can't take care of it, so they either dump it or they kill it. So it's no fair to these creatures that they're uh, treated that way. And, you know, it's it's really disturbing. And, and even if you do release it in the summertime or springtime when it's the water could be warmer uh, and you think you're going to give it a fair shake, it's still going to die. Probably more than likely uh, if it could survive the summer and nobody sees it, it's probably going to die in the fall or the winter. And if it does survive and people do see it, it's probably going to be killed by authorities because people in the Northeast are not equipped to handle uh, even a three or four foot, you know, three, three and a half, four foot alligator. It's going to be a handful for people that that are not used to uh, taking care of this. I mean, they had to hire somebody from Florida to come take care of this three and a half foot alligator in Chicago last year. So, uh, if you have one, you own one, and it's too big. It's growing. You know, maybe you got one of those. Uh, what do they call them? Dwarf came, dwarf caimans, the little small ones. Uh, those things will still grow. They'll get about four or five feet long. They're not going to be super tiny. Uh, 
despite what uh, some of these websites are saying that they only grow a couple of feet long, that's not true. They they can grow very big. And uh, so you got to be careful. So if you do own one of these things and you're thinking, you know, I hear these stories about um, people dumping these things. Maybe that's the right thing to do. Maybe it's it'll give this alligator a fighting chance. I'll put it out in nature. I mean, yeah, you're giving it it's, – it's a death knell for this poor creature. And uh, again, a lot of these – Places that I've read say that it's illegal to have these, but I, I, I'm telling you uh, as well that a lot of these locations, if you call somebody, you say, hey, look, I've got an alligator, I've got a crocodile, a caiman or whatever, I can't take care of it, I don't know what to do, I don't want to release it, there's a pretty good chance, and I can't speak for law enforcement, but there's probably a pretty good chance that they're going to take that off your hands, no questions asked. I've seen that uh, quite a few times were mentioned in the story that they will literally take it from you, no questions asked. I don't want to want to know where you got it from or uh, what your intentions were or whatever. Uh, but uh, man, don't don't dump these creatures. It's 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 a death sentence for somebody or something. Anyway, let's go to China. So uh, last week we were talking about uh, the dragon. Remember that? People are running around in the, the mountain looking for a dragon. Yeah. Well, this week in China, it's almost like Florida, man. Uh, all the best stories in the news start with Florida, man. Well, in China this week, a mysterious 10-foot-long creature in a lake in China has frightened villagers. It stunned the Chinese media and has left everyone Baffled. Baffled's my favorite word. Whenever I see baffled, I already know the story is explainable. Uh, I already know it's um, just something they they just want to try to sell because baffled is the perfect word uh, to sell a uh, silly story. Uh, Yeah, that's what the headlines say about a short, very short. It's like. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm sure the NSA is going to be tuning into the show after I say this. But it's kind of like a TikTok kind of thing. It's only a few seconds long. Well, I think I heard some crackle on the, the headphones. I think I'm being listened into. Anyway, uh, it's a very short viral video of a strange-looking object submerged under milky brown water. Um, the body of water could be a river, could be a lake. It might be a pond, uh, although it's referred to as a reservoir. I've also read Pond in a different story, so I'm not sure what. And if it's a reservoir, this would suggest a man-made lake, which would eliminate the possibility of a strange, unknown creature. But I'm getting ahead of myself with this story. Uh, The story from the Express, hard-hitting journalism right there, Uh, honest and truthful and always up front. They do really heavy work on getting to the bottom of these stories. Not really. Okay, so the Express uh, states that residents swarmed to the area of the body of water in the Henan province. Footage shows the mystical creature moving up and down at a fast speed, and it says one of the onlookers could be heard yelling, holy S stuff, I can't say that on the air, uh, in disbelief. Wow. This must be just a, an incredible animal. 
I mean, what a what a story. I mean, what what a shocking story. This creature underwater, like people are swearing and 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 all running to the to the water's edge to see this thing. It's just incredible. Well, that's what they want you to believe. But the video, it, like I said, it's about ten seconds long. And while you can hear a couple of voices in the video, and I, I can't really make out what they're saying because I don't speak, I don't speak Chinese, I don't speak Mandarin, uh, I, I, I just uh, I don't, I, I know a little, I know a few words like I can order things in a restaurant and I can say thank you and please and where's your restroom and the same things I can speak in Spanish, but uh, I can't make out what they're saying. And while there seems to be a little bit of concern. There's also a little bit of laughter as well. So it doesn't sound to me like there's more than three or four people there. But I don't think they're really taking anything seriously. That's, uh, that's my take on it. Uh, the social media animal experts, as always, social media is full of experts. Of I mean, do you want you have anything wrong with you health-wise? Uh, you need an answer about which political party is the best. Uh, you need to know uh, more about COVID. You need to know anything and everything. All you got to do is go on social media and ask because everyone's an expert and everyone has an opinion and everyone's always right. Uh, so the social media animal experts have all weighed in on their opinions about what this creature is. And many feel this could be, yes, the Chinese version of the Loch Ness Monster. And of course, there are some lesser exciting arguments also being tossed around and some claim it's a crocodile and, and for me I, I think that would be fascinating since despite uh, a few species of crocodiles and alligators living in china none have been reported to have been seen in the henan province so that would be pretty uh, miraculous there some have suggested it could be a water snake such as the chinese water snake which would make sense, and they do live in the area. Uh, although these snakes rarely grow beyond three feet in length, and if this is 10 feet long, which I honestly doubt that it's that long, um, it would be huge. Huge. Uh, others suspect this could be a shoal of fish, which is a group of fish crowded together, probably feeding on uh, smaller fish or bugs. Uh, sometimes you get gnats and things that are flying around and they'll land on the water and the fish kind of gather around. You've probably seen, you know, you, you feed carp or you feed the uh, catfish. They all kind of like gather together. But uh, sometimes they do that underwater and they'll suck little bugs down underneath. But I think this is, uh, I, I think it is a bunch of fish, but I think they were probably feeding on other fish underwater. So, if you're watching the video, so when watching the video, near the beginning, when it starts, you can actually see a small splash occurring at the far side of the mass, uh, about midway, uh, kind of in the middle of, of that mass, but in, toward the back. So that to me is a dead giveaway right there that it would indicate a small group of fish swimming closely packed together. It could be little baby fish. Um I've heard that suggestion as well, but either way, I don't think this is a, a one large creature. I think it's a lot of other little little dudes all uh, kind of smushed together there underwater. And it seems like the most plausible answer. And of course, 
if this was anything bigger than that or anything else, then I'm sure there would be more than 10 seconds of video uh, to back that up. But, you know, maybe I'll have to go out, uh, fly out to China with a fishing rod and find out myself. So, yeah, last week we were talking about hundreds of people scrambling around a mountain looking for a dragon. So at least this one's a little bit more down to earth. And I'll throw that link in the chat room as well. So that's one perk about being here live. I mention this every single week. Uh, if you do listen in live on the show, you might as well join in the chat room. And you can get uh, access to some of these links uh, as well as some pictures that I'll show. Oh, yeah, pictures. Should I have a picture of this? I think I do. Yeah, good thing I reminded myself. So, yeah, I do have a little picture of the China water monster. And so, yeah, you get a little bit kind of like behind-the-scenes stuff. So this is what uh, kind of a screen cap of the video. A little later in the video, probably about six seconds in. So you can see it's something under the water. There's a lot of little blips um, there on the top of the water. I, I just really think it's just little fish packed together. I've seen this myself kayaking. Um, so I, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't put much stock into that being a, a big monster. But uh, you know, anything weird sells. And a lot of these UK papers, like I, I kind of alluded to, um, sometimes. They don't care about what the story is. They just want to run with it. They'll give you your $5, and it'll get this This will get a lot of click-throughs. Uh, anything strange, paranormal, anything that can get pushed through social media for people to share a story like this, they're going to they're gonna take it, and they're going to run with it. They don't care what the, uh, the real answer is. They don't care. It doesn't matter to them. They're just printing a story. All right. Speaking of strange creatures, strange animal sightings, let's go to... Scotland in the Loch Ness area. So obviously the Loch Ness monster is the top creature in Scotland. But uh, what about uh, a little further south? What do they got down there? Well, they got their uh, they got their um, they got kind of uh, a weird thing going on down there. I don't know how else to say this. Uh, there's a new kid on the block. And he's uh, kind of jumpy. A new creature has moved into the spotlight. And I'm surprised this hasn't gotten more, uh, more media attention. This is kind of an interesting thing. If you start digging into the story a little bit further, which is what I do. I kind of get involved in a lot of these stories and start digging in. And uh, sometimes you uncover some weird stuff about some of these stories. So the town of Stirling... In the United Kingdom, uh, in Scotland, which sits on the outskirts of Edinburgh, Scotland, uh, it's uh, there's been not one, but two sightings of the strange creature. And this creature is actually a, a known creature, but not from this area, not even from this side of the world. It's actually from Australia. Yes, two sightings of a wallaby this year in the town of Sterling. Weird. Uh, Tanya Cairns and Ian Welsh were taking a walk in a nature preserve on Friday last week when they saw the wallaby. 
Uh, Tanya quickly grabbed her phone and filmed a bit of her encounter. Yes, it does happen. Sometimes people see strange things and they are actually able to film it. Seems like we talk about that all the time. But, you know, sometimes things happen and you don't have that time to react. But uh, she did have time to react, grab her phone, and she filmed a bit of her encounter just before the wallaby rushed into the bushes. So if you want to know what a wallaby looks like, I do got a picture of this uh, screen cap of this little dude running away. And uh, throw that in the chat room. You can see this wallaby and you could tell it looks a little bit different than a kangaroo because it is different we'll talk about that here in a second so finn o'hagan finn o'hagan very scottish name uh shot film earlier this month of a late night encounter with a wallaby uh, himself so you might wonder could this be an escaped exotic pet would make sense it's in the same area um it's been I think about three weeks between sightings, so it really hasn't traveled that far. Maybe it's it's somebody's pet. And the story, if you read uh, the story, it seems to suggest that this is probably the answer, that it could be a local farmer's pet or a safari park that is actually some distance away. I don't think that's the answer. Uh, however, if you do a little research, you do a little digging, uh, and this is weird. I didn't know this. I actually learned something while researching this story. Uh, I think the, the truth lies in an island that's not too far away from Sterling. Uh, Loch Lamond is the largest freshwater loch in all of Great Britain. So it's a lake. Loch is lake. It's just what they, it's like vacation and holiday. They just got to be got to be different well maybe we got to be different i don't know uh so it's the uh, largest freshwater lake or loch in all of great britain measured by surface area and it's uh, 24 miles long and there's also 30 plus islands in the loch and one of them one of them is home to a troop of wallabies and they were released by a, a local back in the 1940s who owned a home on the island. And the wallabies are obviously, again, natives to Australia, not Scotland, but have seemingly adjusted to living in the different climate. So if you're looking at that picture, you can tell I, I should have put one uh, next to a kangaroo. You could see the, instantly see the differences. Wallaby, uh, they have shorter legs than kangaroos. Uh, they're a little bit darker with the fur. Uh, they're rounder, shorter heads. And uh, they. one of the biggest differences is uh, not physical. It's in, in where they live. So wallaby live in forested areas, whereas kangaroos like the open plains. Uh, so that's why wallaby tend to fit in a little bit better, uh, probably more so than a kangaroo would be able to fit in in Scotland. Um they could probably reach the, the plants a lot better, too. Uh, so tourists love the site of the wallabies, and I, I guess it's one of the attractions to the area. Uh, they take you out to this island, and you can see the wallabies. So it wouldn't surprise me if someone somehow managed to get one of these wallabies off the island or one escaped somehow. It wouldn't be uh, the weirdest thing to ever have happened. And this island in question 
would be about a 30-mile hop or a 40-mile drive to Sterling, the area of the sighting. So I don't think we've seen the last of this creature. And if hopefully uh, they can find it, they can. I think that they should capture it. And I'm sure they could do uh, a DNA test on this thing and, and figure out where it's from. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's from the island. That's my guess. Um, that's just my opinion. Uh, but I think it's just kind of weird that you'd see uh, those sightings happen that many times. Uh, you know, twice in a month in one area. That's uh, literally 30 miles away. So that's my guess. But it's weird. You'd never think of wild wallaby sightings in Scotland. But you heard it here on the Paranormal News Insider. So let me throw that link in the chat room softly. And we're going to move to UFO news. And yes, I kind of uh, alluded to this at the top of the show. Some major, major late-breaking news this week on the UFO front dealing with the largest UFO research and investigation outlet in the world. Yes, that's the Mutual UFO Network. Uh, I do cover the monthly signing statistics from MUFON every month here on the show. And uh, I was a member for over probably about over two decades and opted to let my membership lapse due to some internal issues with the organization. Um, I guess I could say in allowing individuals to act very unprofessionally. Uh, so I was uh, doing some research, looking at uh, potentially adding another story here to the show just to uh, just in case something broke or you know something was out there. I wanted to make sure that I covered it or I had a few other things that I kind of wanted to talk about and I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything and looking for that maybe that last little thing to throw in here. But I was shocked. When I saw this headline, and even more shocked when I read about this story, and and this is uh, this is going to be a big bombshell when it really probably tomorrow when it permeates the paranormal. Um, but apparently, uh, this incident happened back on July third, but it's uh, finally hitting the uh, the. Um, the Newswire, I guess. I don't know what else to say here. But uh, Jan Harzan, who is the head of the Mutual UFO Network, the director, executive director, president, whatever he wants to call himself. Well, he was uh, pretty much. Uh, he was arrested on July 3rd on charges of soliciting a minor, quote, for the purposes of engaging in sexual activity, unquote. According to the police report, the Huntington Beach Police Department arrested Harzan as well as another gentleman on July 3rd and July 8th, respectively, surrounding sting operations and adult men targeting minor females. Uh, a Facebook post on the Huntington Beach Police Department page today said in part, quote, on July 3rd, detectives contacted a male by the name of Jan Harzan. After Harzan solicited sexual activity from a detective he believed was a 13-year-old girl, the suspect solicited the minor to meet for the purposes of engaging in sexual activity. And when the suspect agreed to meet the supposed minor, detectives were there to take him in custody, unquote. 
Oh, also, according to the police report, Harzan was arrested on multiple felonies and was specifically targeted minor females online. Harzan retired from IBM after 37 years in the information technology business, according to his MUFON bio. Um, and it's it's still up. So MUFON has not responded to any uh, anything according to the story yet. I'm, I'm sure they're trying to figure out uh, what they're going to do. I don't know why. Uh, they should have known about this for oh, well over a week now. Uh, so I'm not sure... Uh, they should have had something prepared by now, which this is not not good for them uh, to be silent about this. Uh, you know, they've been in the middle of turmoil time and time again. You know, I mentioned some of these allegations from uh, a couple of years ago. It didn't go over well and it got swept under the carpet and they didn't talk about it. And it's not the first time that uh, big things have come from MUFON in uh, the legality area. Yeah, but this is pretty big. And a lot of people consider this organization to be pretty much barely skimming along financially uh, as well as a, as an organization. Uh, it's pretty much busting at the seams. You know, it's had its issues. And uh, this is a, a major public relations disaster for this organization, uh, especially now that they lack a director, not to mention direction overall. Uh, this is still a developing story as this information has literally leaked within the last few hours. And I'm sure that uh, there'll be more details as this moves forward. And hopefully MUFON will make some sort of statement and uh, announce a new director. That's the best thing they can do is uh, cut ties with Jan Harsan as, as quickly as they can and move on. Uh, if they don't do that, if they dilly-dally, it's not going to be good for them. And this could be the beginning of the, the end. Granted, I thought this uh, last time and probably the time before that, too. So uh, it's a large organization. And I know a lot of people left after the last uh, debacle, including myself. And uh, this is not a good thing. And really and truly, it's all going to come down to how MUFON reacts to this, this news uh, as to how they're going to keep together and moving forward. And, you know, it's a disturbing story, but uh, we got to talk about it. And uh, I think, uh, you know, I talked about alligators and uh, a little lesson there about, uh, you know, if you're going to have, you're going to have one, be responsible. If you can't take care of it, turn it in. And, and I think this goes, kind of goes with that as well. Uh, the story stresses to parents that you never really know who your children could be talking to. You really don't know. And I know, you know, sometimes you, you feel like you need to give them a little privacy. But again, you never know who might be talking to them on the other end or who might be preying on them. Um, you know, this is from some of the reactions I've heard. This is uh, not something anybody would have ever expected Jan Harzan to do. So you don't know people. And certainly if, if I had, uh, you know, a teenage a teenage daughter, uh, I would be terrified. I mean, let them know. Let them know the dangers of talking to people online. These things do happen. Share stories like this to educate them on the dangers that exist in social media. And, you know, far too often people just get so comfortable with social media and they meet new people 
and they think that um, you know everything's hunky dory and everything's really uh, you know everyone's honest and nice and upfront and people will tell you what you want to hear but uh, you never know what you're getting involved in and uh, yeah this is pretty shocking but uh, again it serves a reminder that uh, we got to take care of our kids and make sure that they're not getting involved with people like this and share that story in the uh, chat room there. So, yeah. Wow. And uh, changes a lot right there. Rocks the uh, UFO world, uh, I, I would say. So let's leave let's leave Huntington Beach behind. Let's go to, let's go to France. And uh, we'll go to the town of Vimy. North central France. Uh, it's attracted thousands of visitors, some who have traveled hundreds of miles to see this crop circle. A crop circle appeared in a wheat field and was first spotted by a farmer back on July 5th. And I do have a picture of that. It's a really interesting picture. It's very different. And uh, it's not your typical, eh, I mean, it's bordering on some typical traits of crop circles. Obviously, it's it's a circle. Uh, there's a little bit of a little bit of argument about uh, some of the shapes that you see there in that crop circle. And I guess it I don't know how to say it, but I guess it does have a French look to it. I don't know what that means, but it's kind of it's, it's different than the, your English circles uh, a little bit. And some have stated that it looks to be a bit of a reference to the Knights Templar and to the fighting in the area of the past. But uh, some also have counter-argued that and said it resembles the Iron Cross used by Nazi Germany and the German Empire in World War One. There's a lot of people that are convinced this is the work of aliens. Uh I'm not sure about that, but I'm sure it's more the, the work of bored people who wanted to fool people. Uh, but Nicholas Benoit, the son of Gerard, who owns the farm, stated, quote, I thought someone had damaged my wheat overnight, but then I realized it was forming a pattern. It was well done. We've never seen a crop circle before. We see it in movies. It's vandalism. But we said to ourselves, it's good for once, unquote. Uh, retired teacher Guinevere Peak uh, drove 40 miles to see the circle and is convinced this was designed by aliens. Uh, she's a crop circle enthusiast. I don't know if she actually researches these things or she's just uh, enthralled by them. So she stated, quote, I can feel a lot of energy. In the bit where the wheat is flattened, I think there is maybe a higher intelligence which makes these crop circles, unquote. Okay. Uh, Benoit countered as he told Euro Weekly News, quote, some people tell us this is the Templar cross, that energy flowed from the earth, that our field is blessed and can cure multiple sclerosis. They are crazy. In the end, it's a horror. We are not a museum. The crop circles are beautiful, but for someone else, unquote. 
the family, after noticing the circle, uh, actually took pictures. I don't know who did the drone work for that, uh, but they took pictures of it. They put it on Facebook. And yeah, they were shocked by the amount of traffic it generated to their farm. Of course, people are going to come out. You put it on there. Uh, not too many crop circles happen in France. Year to year, I, I don't think that many happen. Uh, so yeah, a lot of people flocked to the farm to uh, to see this crop circle. And they uh, just a couple of days after posting the pictures, they quickly took them down. Uh, they were hoping that it would keep people from showing up, but it's, it's, it was too late. It was already in the news. Uh, people are talking about it. There's already sharing of these pictures. Uh, there's been a huge barrage of visitors, although uh, probably about this time now, uh, the crops should have been harvested this week, uh, thus eliminating the circle. So it's probably all plowed over at this point. But either way, aliens or vandals, the farmer is out of two to 3,000 square feet of wheat. And that can't feel very good on the pocketbook. Uh, and I don't know, maybe he was selling T-shirts. I don't know, maybe some memorabilia. I don't know. But uh, I'm sure he lost money on that. Even if he's charging admittance, which I've heard that they do in England. They'll charge you for parking. They'll charge you for pictures. All sorts of stuff. But uh, this, I don't, I didn't hear anything. Uh, now, Vimy is home to the Canadian National War Memorial and is a very popular tourist area, especially, obviously, for Canadians. So uh, they get a lot of traffic regardless in this area. So uh, I'm sure a crop circle doesn't quite hurt that too much. Yeah, so that's your UFO news for this week. I think that's enough UFO news. Well, let me give you the link for that story in the chat room. And again, if you, uh, you're not able to listen to the show live, you're not able to make it to the chat room, trust me, I understand. We all have things going on. Uh, we've got other things to do. We've got dinner. We've got dishes. We've got to mow the lawn. i uh, got to walk the dog. Whatever it is, I get it. you got things to do. And I know we all have our own favorite place to listen to podcasts and radio shows or whatnot. So I get it. Can't show, show up live. You're missing out, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, you can get all these links throughout the week. If you follow me on Facebook and or Twitter, it's pretty much the same stuff that I put on Facebook shows up on Twitter. So don't worry about it. I know some people hate Facebook and love Twitter and vice versa and all those things. I'm not on TikTok, So don't even bother. Uh, with that social media platform. But yeah, Paranews Insider for Facebook and at Paranews Insider for Twitter. And all these stories, all these links will be at your fingertips during the week after the show is uploaded. And a copy of the show will also appear on social media as well through Podbean, which is where I upload it to. And then from there, it goes everywhere. I can't even control it. It's it's iHeartRadio, uh, goes to Google somewhere, goes to places I've never even heard of. It's crazy uh, the amount of podcasts that the show is on. So hopefully I've gotten yours. If not, let me know, and I'll try to get it on there for you. That's the least I can do. 
Uh, it's it's literally on at least three or four dozen platforms out there. So hopefully you have access to the show. Ghost news this week. Yes, probably the most unusual television mashup of all time. And I tell you, when I first saw the headline, I had to get up and walk away. I couldn't even wrap my mind around this. This was mind-boggling. I was baffled. What in the world is going on with this story? Um, yeah, I really don't. Well, I kind of do understand the basis for the story. I'm a little confused on it, though. Not sure why, but it's a story. I'm just amazed to see these two shows mentioned in the same story. Well, you've probably seen headlines about this. This is pretty much the biggest paranormal uh, story so far this week that's been in the media. Uh, it's, a, it's a national story at this point uh, for different reasons. And uh, other reasons are starting to come to light, which I'll finish the story off with. Uh, Oklahoma. Authorities investigated a claim created by the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures team. They still go by crew. I don't care. Uh, That human remains were discovered at a site by cadaver dogs. Uh Uh-oh. Or should I say rut-row? The site is the Greater Wynwood Exotic Animal Park, made famous in the recent Netflix series Tiger King. Which uh, I still haven't watched. Not my cup of tea. Uh, you know, I know, you know, I've talked about this on the show. I know a lot of people were affected by COVID-19. Uh, shutdowns, closures. A lot of people were furloughed. Uh, life changed a lot for people. For me, uh, I went to work every day. Uh, my job has changed, but I still go to work. I don't get to do what I'm supposed to be doing, but I do other things. Uh, so my life didn't change too much with that. So a lot of people, uh, when the show came out, they really latched onto it as something to uh, kind of get them through that that boredom piece or being away from their family or their, or their friends or whatever the case may be. Uh, and I love big cats. I love big cats and I cannot lie. But this show just didn't appeal to me. Man, it was just way out there. Not something I was really interested in. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people, it was the biggest show there for a little while. Not my cup of tea, like I said. Zach Bagans and his team, I don't know, crew, team, eh, it's all the same thing. Uh, They had been at this zoo filming an episode for their show, of course. Uh, But they also have a vested interest in this area beyond that, which we'll talk about here in a second. So, yeah, the zoo in which they were filming was once owned by Joe Exotic, who is now in prison. Maybe I will watch this. Uh, the only mention of death at the zoo was Travis Maldonado, uh, Exotic's husband, who shot and killed himself with a gun. Joe Exotic is not to uh, not thought to have been involved in any murders. Uh, even though he has made threats to his nemesis, Carol Baskin, which is what led to prison charges. Well, what a mess. Uh, Baskin is suspected by many to be involved in the disappearance of her husband, but there seems to be no formal investigation surrounding the 1997 disappearance of Don Lewis. 
part of the search of the alligator pit centered on the possibility that they may find the remains of Lewis, which to me made no sense since her property is in Tampa. But then again, like I said, I didn't watch this, so maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. I'm just, just trying to interpret the story at this point. Uh, it's also thought that Lewis was fed to tigers. And if that's the case, the they're in the wrong pit. And there's probably not enough evidence to ever validate. Uh, but tigers are pretty much going to eat a, a lot of that, most of that. Well, I guess maybe there would be some bones left. So Ghost Adventures has been filming at the location for about a week. And, of course, they were uh, shut down for a little bit as the formal investigation. I don't know how long that lasted, probably a couple of hours. They they took the bones, identified them as uh, as animals. I think it had a tail. Not a person, not people. And um, I guess they're continuing, they're going to keep filming. So the big deal about this is they're filming a special two-part planned episode to uh, it's planned out to air around Halloween, which is this is the time of the year that uh, a lot of these shows are filming their Halloween specials. It's kind of weird. So if you go back and you look at Halloween, some of the Halloween specials, there's always something big. Zach Bagans is up in the news for it. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Um, so Bagans is also not only going to have this uh, two-part special episode around Halloween dealing with this uh, Tiger King zoo. Uh, Zach Bagans is also planning on adding a Tiger King exhibit at his haunted museum in Las Vegas. Rumor is he might get his hair changed to this Joe Exotic guy, too. I don't, I don't know what that looks going to look like, but no, I'm kidding about that last part. Uh, Bagans reportedly left the location, left the zoo with a bunch of items, including the park's original exotic animal park signage, flashy clothing, whatever that means. Is that like that tiger shirt thing that that exotic guy was wearing? I don't know. Uh, pill bottles, Joe's jewel jeweled crown whatever that is uh travis maldonado's glass pipe a section of a art mural wall featuring a bullet hole from travis's suicide and a pump um let's see this is a family show let me see it's a pump that's used for male extremities that's all i'm allowed to say according to the fcc guy staring at me shaking his finger that's enough move on okay so yeah uh, Bagans is uh, using this as a, kind of a catapult. You know, it's, you know, any news is free news. It's uh, free publicity, basically. So uh, Bagans is, is, I mean, this story here is doing two things. One, it's, it's hyping up his uh, Halloween special. It's not even in the cutting room, uh, not even in the editing room, I should say, at this point. And he's also hyping up his haunted museum in Las Vegas. Yeah, I guess money will get you whatever you want to an extent, but we'll see. I'm sure we'll hear more about this as we get closer to Halloween. Gosh, it's almost Halloween already. Sheesh. We're halfway through July, so we got, what, August, September? Almost three months, three and a half months. I guess that's pretty far away, but um, kind of weird that uh, Bagans 
and they uh, called the police, and this that's the big news was that it was uh, the police come out to look at these uh, purported bones, cadaver dogs, looking for these bones. But boom, hey, now we know more about what Zach Bagans is planning. Oh boy. Anyway, let's wrap it up in the way that this show should be wrapped up, and that's by talking about the book of the week. And this week, uh, I've opted to go with Cryptozoology. Yes, a Cryptozoology book. And let me get the link for it, too. Got the link. I'll throw the book cover in the chat room. Uh, So this is a book. It's kind of a mysterious book because I can't find it. And uh, I heard about this book a while ago, but I was already in the planning phases of writing my own book. And when I heard about this book and I'd ask a couple of people about it and I did a little research, it sounded like it was bordering on what I was going to write my handbook for the amateur cryptozoologist on. So I kind of didn't want to read it. So I put it on a Christmas list and got it a, a couple of years later for my birthday, I think. And the book, I was afraid it was going to be bordering too much on what I was going to write about. So I was very, very careful uh, not to read it before I finished my book and got my stuff out there. So, um, yeah, then I moved and I can't find it. And I can't find about seven or eight other cryptid books that I have and a couple ghost books, probably a lot of other stuff I'm missing. But anyway, uh, this book is, uh, probably, I don't know. I, I rank it in the top 10 of cryptozoology books because I like these kind of books. It's not a, it's not a, uh, uh, encyclopedia type book, although they, he does talk about a lot of cryptids in this book, but the book of the week this week is cryptozoology science and speculation by Chad Arment, Chad Arment. Um, what can I say about this book? This book is, um, it's put together pretty well. It's it's um, kind of a different take, exactly like I was saying, uh, kind of like very similar to my book. Uh, he spent a lot more time on talking about science and different things that uh, skeptics see and that uh, true believers see sometimes, and also spent a lot of time defining cryptozoology, a lot more time than I did, which is very, very difficult uh, to do. And so... Uh, I think he did a fantastic job with that. And then he gets into cryptozoology in and of itself. And uh, just the way the book was presented, uh, I think, I can't remember how many pages it was, over 200 pages, but it it read really fast. It read really well. It wasn't the kind of book that you had to, you know, bite off in chunks. It was the kind of book you could sit down and you could really read uh, there's a link to it. I think it's sold out on Amazon right now. But it's the kind of book that you could, um, you know, it might take you a little while to get through a couple of days, but you really wanted to read more. Uh, and I think it's the kind of book that, um, you know, for me, I'd already been in the field a, a quite a long time and been a researcher and investigator, obviously doing my own research and writing my own book on the topic. And I, I still found it very insightful. And I, I found a, a lot of great information in there. And um, I really was kind of kicking myself after reading and thinking, man, I could have added that. I could have put this in the book. And 
so there's a lot of stuff that he thought of, and it was very well thought out, uh, very well planned out of a book. And there's a lot of fantastic scientific information about leading up to what cryptids are and uh, why we sometimes think, you know, that these things exist. And I tell you, if you're if you're just getting in the field, uh, you have a uh, an interest in it, or you've actually been in the field for quite a while, this is definitely one of those books you have to have on your bookshelf. It's not just your typical, hey, here's a bunch of stories about cryptid creatures. Uh, this is a book that's going to make you think about the topic. And these are the kind of books that I like. And uh, it certainly makes you think. It certainly questions things. It certainly puts things in um, a different focus. I, you know, you can tell it's written in the it's it's written in the feeling of belief. So you can tell that Chad really believes in these things. Um, but overall, it's a very well balanced book. It's not uh, it's not telling you that all this stuff is definitely here, but uh, it's also explaining some of the shortcomings of the field. Um, but um, very well put together, very well written book. Um, I can't remember how many pages, but I do know it, it read pretty well. I want to say it's short of 300. No, it's almost 400. I thought it was just short of 300, but yeah, I guess it's a lot bigger. Well, there's a lot of stuff at the end there, if I remember correctly. But fantastic book. Again, the book of the week this week, Cryptozoology, Science and Speculation. And yeah, it says temporarily out of stock. You can buy it. it says there's other sellers. Yeah, you can get the book. Not very many. I know I had a hard time getting it. Um, I had to buy it myself for my birthday, but um, I waited too long. The book's been out since 2004. And uh, yeah, get your hands on this book. If, you, if you're into cryptozoology, find this book as soon as you can and buy it. Don't wait around. This book is only going to get harder to find. Again, Cryptozoology, Science and Speculation by Chad Arment. Book of the Week this week for July 14th. And with that, I will see you next week. But for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods of the hair, standing on the back of your neck, and always keep your mind slightly ajar. And above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting.